Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. What is this, my house? Nobody's listening to me right now. I'm just kidding. Man, you guys look good. Thank you for coming today. He is risen. There was, a, there was a tomb, there was a tomb that was supposed to have a guy in it, but he only stayed for a little while. And the tomb is empty. And we get together on this day, along with millions and millions of other believers uh, in churches all over the world to celebrate the same thing, that uh, things in the kingdom of God aren't like in this world. Dead things don't stay dead. They don't stay dead. And so sometimes there's a, a resurrection. And uh, we're going to see where we go with that today. I want to invite our ushers to come forward. We're going to, uh, this is something, if you're, if you're not a regular around here, we do an offering at this time. Uh, if you can pray with me during that, that'd be lovely. Uh, God, I just pray that you uh, grab any new people today and you make them decide to, to come to this church forever. God, I pray that you would bless us and give us favor. I pray that uh, Easter would become some people's favorite holiday today. Because they come to know who you are and what you do. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for everything. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay, they're going to pass along those baskets. And if you want to support the work that we do at Vineyard Westside, uh, then fill that up with copious amounts of cash. Well, hey, Easter Sunday, here's what I want to ask you guys. Also, and I know today's a weird one uh, because we have kids in here. We're still trying to get back on our feet from COVID. It kind of ruined some things with churches and things like that. And we're trying to get our family ministry back together. Um, and we, we're, it's going well. It's happening. It's coming together. If you'd like to volunteer, we need you. But today we're all here together, and so we, we know some of you have kids with you. You don't, you don't have to keep them quiet. We know how kids work. I, I see people already doing the, the, the little secret punches, like, stop! I'll take that Easter basket away. And so it, it's fine. They can roam about the cabin. Um, little secret. I can't sit through one of these services myself. Um, I got the wiggle legs. And so if you have to run around, that's all right. Well, hey, here's the question to start today. It's a big one. How good of a person are you? How good of a <laughs> man? I like that. But we're doing numbers today. How good of a person are you on a scale of one to a hundred, how good of a person are you? And I really mean it, come up with a number. Um, one to a hundred, like in the, you know, the one to two to three to four range, that's like bad to Adolf Hitler, Charles Manson, like people with like, like tons of cats, like stuff. Hey. 
And then there's like the hot, like on the other end of the spectrum towards 100, that's the, the ultra good people. And so in the, the high 90s area, that would be like Mr. Rogers, right? <laughs> Tom Hanks, maybe Mother Teresa, that kind of, those kind of people. So if I'm asking you how good of a person are you from one to 100 and you have to assign yourself a number, what is your number? Will you please tell your neighbor? What is your number? What is your number? Your number is six? I see, all right. You're telling the world, I like it. So from one to 100, how good of a person are you? So, yeah, this is like, so for any of you in the room who were like, how many of you were number one through 30? Show of hands, come on, it's okay, there's more of you. This is like the ushers, if you could get them out of here, please. No, I'm just kidding, I, I, was, I was in that, that one. Um, my numbers have changed over the years. The people who are in the 30 to 50 range, how many of you? 30 to 50, 30 to 50, we got about a dozen of you. You are like, you guys are the lower half, but the good news is um, without you here, those of us above you wouldn't feel as good about ourselves. So like we, we need you to make the 50 to 80. How many of you 50 to 80? Oh, you guys are pretty good people. Yeah, if, if somebody raised their hand next to you on that one, just tell them you're a good person. Like, you're a good person. Nice job. 80 and up. Who's an 80 and up? Dang! Whoa! I don't know if I could ever do that. Be like, 79.9. 80 and up? Oh my gosh. You're like the cream of the crop. You make those of us below you kind of sick. A little bit. Uh, what happens, though, is the weird part is when you got to tell your neighbor what your number is. Uh, because immediately, and then maybe you hear their number, and you start thinking about different things, and you start going, and you start comparing. You start comparing things. Uh, when I think about the question, how good of a person am I? I don't even really. I, I feel a little bit skewed because I'm, I might have like some uh, a little bit of uh, of childhood trauma with that that question of how good of a a person are you? Um, one of the stories that I've told several times that people love is that my dad had a prized possession that was an automobile, and even though we didn't have any money whatsoever, somehow, I didn't ask all the details, my dad got his hands on a Datsun 260Z. It was uh, an awesome little car that he had no business owning. Um, and it was, it was one of those things where uh, something was wrong, they couldn't figure it out, he got it super cheap, he fixed it, and it was awesome. And we had nothing else, but we had that car. And man, everybody thought that car was the coolest thing in the world, it looked like a Ferrari. But anyways, uh, we're driving, because we, we would go for a ride. When you don't have any money, what do you, you go for a, you wanna go for a ride? Oh my gosh, I guess. That's, now you don't do that with the gas price stuff. 
but it was, for a while, it was, you want to go for a ride. And so me and my dad went for a ride. I remember we were going to go and walk around this fishing lake. And uh, it was just one of those, I'm in the passenger seat. I'm a kid. I mean, I was maybe 12, 10, I don't know, somewhere around there. The thing that, um, I had a booger. Um, we all, we all know about boogers. We know about how they work. We know about what you got to do to get rid of them. Um, and so I picked, I dug in, and I, you know, I just thought it was just normal booger territory. Uh, but as I went to pull this thing out, it continued, it continued. And it just kept going, and it kept going, and it kept going. And it, it, I got way more than I bargained for. I wasn't ready, I wasn't ready for this kind of a situation. And it was such a, and I had no idea what, when this thing came out and it kept coming out, it looked like a comet. And I couldn't fit, and I had to, I actually had to, I had to get this, you know what I'm talking about. It was too, I had to get it secure. But then this thing, I opened up the window and I just couldn't get rid of it. Was, it was attached to me. And I was trying to hide it anyways uh, from my dad because I just knew, whatever, I knew he was going to give me crap. I reached, I reached under his seat, under the seat, and I, I wiped that atrocity down there. And uh, I, thought I, I thought I was in the clear. I looked up. I looked over at my dad, and he was staring at me with fire. And he said, you are not a good person. I remember what he said. You are not, and dead serious. He was just it's like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed kind of thing. You are not a good person. And so it kind of skews my numbers uh, sometimes when I think about it. You compare yourself with other people. Uh, if you want to feel better about yourself, you will, you'll find somebody around you who's worse than you. Uh, one of the things that's common in AA is for people to say, yeah, but I've never, I, I've never been so drunk I put a lampshade on my head. Like, I've never, it's, there's always some kind of thing. I've never done that. I never, oh, whatever. Comparing yourself or... Uh, it can make you feel worse about yourself if you're sitting next to somebody that's better than you in some way. You know, when I've been losing weight over the years at different times, I've had so many friends who are slightly heavier than I am at the time say, I wish I weighed what you weigh. Like, what are you even losing weight for? I wish I, wish I weighed what you do. Because you compare, you compare uh, against other people. Some of those people come along and just make you feel inadequate, right? People, do you have any superstars in your life that you're just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. That maybe it's a super mom on your street. Uh, some of these newer, uh, like, you know, cul-de-sac neighborhood areas that I go into, and I, I'm like, this is a different kind of, there's like, they're all, LuLaRoe, or no, it's the Lululemon sweatsuits things that's going on. I'm like, that lady's walking around like $500 worth of stuff. I don't know what she's doing. Or you get the, 
The one that drives me crazy is the good decision financial guy. Like everything he does just works out. Uh, I remember getting mad at one of my friends because he said he was having, he was just uh, so upset about this thing, that an unexpected bill that came up. And he said, but it was, I mean, we didn't have to dip into our savings or anything. And at the time I was like, savings? I was like, what do you, what do you mean dip into your savings? Like, what is that? You get those people. Maybe you've been trying to dig in further with God and you want to experience more and you want to grow in your faith. Uh, some of you have been seeking him and you're like, I I'm just not sure. I don't know if I feel anything. And then you hear about these other people or you know other people who God is directing their every step and all these miracles are happening around them, all this stuff. And you're just like, what, the what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? Or you say, they're a fake. Right? That's what I tip. I'm like, mm, they're probably faking it. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 100, how good of a person are you? In Luke chapter 23, we're going to look at a quick story of two people who were not so good on that scale. I don't really know where they would land on the one to 100 scale, but these two guys were just not very good men. Uh, my dad would have said, you are not a good person to both of them. And these are the guys who are hanging on the cross next to Jesus. If you've seen the Easter image, there's a bigger cross in the middle. Jesus is on that. And then there's one on each side of him. The two guys who are hanging next to him are who this story's about. Luke 23, it says, two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the, the place called Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Uh, these criminals, uh, we don't really know a ton about them other than they were just really very bad men. They were men who were um, sentenced to be crucified, and you didn't get that for just anything. Crucifixions... Uh, were, they were a very specific way to execute people. They cost a fortune. A crucifixion cost a fortune to pull off. Imagine you have to have a giant group of military men escort, like, I mean, come on, there's, there's <laughs> they probably have like a, a, a lunch, some kind of a lunch budget, right? <laughs> cost a fortune. It really did, though, equivalent of thousands of dollars to to kill somebody in that way, and so to kill somebody in that way was, it was because they were really, really, really bad. And so there are two men next to Jesus. Excruciating pain is what crucifixion was specifically designed to do. Excruciating is a word that uh, literally means out of the cross. The uh, you know, the, the root word for that excruciating is actually excrucifixiating. It means out of the cross. It's the worst type of pain imaginable. It's an expensive way to kill someone. It's four to six Roman soldiers. Four to six Roman soldiers and a centurion. A centurion, I looked up, I thought that was just a guy. It is a guy, but whenever there was a centurion, he had 80 men behind him. 
There were 80 men with him. And so it was tons and tons of people to be able to pull this thing off. When you were crucified, it was not a short process. It was usually two to four days long. Two to four days where they waited for that person to die with the sun beating down on them, uh, with them going crazy, with animals beginning to peck at them, where some of them would die from shock or blood loss. It was used to humiliate people and torture them in the worst possible way. And so it was very rare, very, very rare for a Roman to crucify a Roman for anything. That almost never happened. Typically, Romans would crucify people for whatever they're... I don't need to get into that. Let's go back to Luke 23. It says, One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Why don't you save yourself and us? But the other criminal rebuked him. He said, Don't you fear God? He said, Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly. For we're getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. So this guy is saying to the other criminal, uh, he's got to be leaning around Jesus to talk to his buddy. He knows that they're guilty and that they deserve this. And he knows that Jesus doesn't. It says, Jesus, he said to Jesus that this man has done nothing wrong. He said, Jesus, remember me. When you come into your kingdom, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. You will be with me in paradise. This is the best illustration of the gospel ever. Because it's one of the most common misunderstandings that we have. We want to believe that it's good people who go to heaven, don't we? Like we want to believe that it's good people who go to heaven. Um, but we're just not quite sure how good you actually have to be, right? Is it 50 and above? Is it 49 and above? Is it, like, is it a, is it a weighted thing? Is it a, is it that my last 10 years were better than before that? Is it that um, I've, I've tried to, to ask forgiveness of certain people? I've tried to, uh, I hope, any of you in that place where you're always wondering, and you hate to admit it, but you're always wondering, am I good enough? Am I good enough? Am I good enough? Am I okay? Am I going to get into heaven? What's going to happen when I die? What's going to happen when I... If you're a person who's afraid of death, um, we can get you over that. We can get you over that. I used to be afraid of death. I'm not anymore. Good people, here's the weirdest thing. Good people aren't the ones who go to heaven. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. Amen. Forgiven people go to heaven. Men who are hanging on a cross who deserve death, who have not had a chance to redeem themselves, who have not had a chance to go back and say sorry to people, who have not had a chance to uh, repay society in any way. There's still a murderer hanging on a cross. That one is able to be forgiven. Forgiven people are the ones who go to heaven, not good people. We want it to be good people because we want to believe that we're good. But this is good news. Here's the good news. 
Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people do. Are you good? Are you a good person? Are you a forgiven person? There's a forgiven criminal hanging next to Jesus. A couple of these things from this story apply to us right now. Uh, he admits his wrongdoing. He says to his buddy right in front of Jesus, we deserve this. He admits his wrongdoing. He says, hey, I've sinned. I have done something wrong. I do not deserve your mercy, but I'm asking for it anyway. Luke 23 and verse 41, it says, we are punished justly for we're getting what our deeds deserve, but this man's done nothing wrong. How many of you ever, uh, I know, it, like a, it, you know, a little softball would be, how many of you have told a lie? How many of you have told a lie? How many of the, the rest of you are just liars? <laughs> like, uh, then, how many of you have ever stolen something? Oh, yeah, I lied once, too. If you are a person who says that you've never stolen something, um, well, just so you know, the Bible says that if you don't tithe when you go to church, that you're stealing from God. Sorry, no, what else do I have? Um, okay, this one's kind of personal. Have any of you ever had a lustful thought? Don't raise your hands on this one. Um, what you could do is you could just raise your eyebrows at me. <laughs> I got eyebrows being raised. I got, oh, crazy brows. I like it. <laughs> no, you could do that with eyebrows. James chapter 2 says, For whoever keeps the whole law, yet stumbles at just one point of it, is guilty of breaking all of it. A white lie is the same as what those men did hanging on the crosses next to Jesus. Um, gossip is the same as those men. Uh, Not paying your taxes is the same as those men hanging on those crosses, whatever they did. Um, the crap that I've done that really, in the grand scheme of it, isn't that big of a deal is the same as Hitler. It's the same as Pol Pot. It's the same as um, anyone who's brought about incredible suffering. Um, it's not the same to us in the world, but it's the same in the scheme of uh, if you're if you're trying to if you're trying to be perfect, if you're trying to be holy, if you're trying to be good, where you're sure that you're good, oh. And so this forgiven criminal that we have, um, he admits his wrongdoing. He confesses his sin. The second thing that he does is he asks for eternal help. He asks for eternal help. He doesn't say, Jesus, can you help me get off this cross? 
so I can try to redeem myself in some way so that I'll spend, that's what I kind of do a lot of times, like the bookie God kind of make a deal with him thing. Like, hey, if you do this for me, like, get me out of this jam, Lord, so that I will do this for you kind of stuff. No, he is, he asks for eternal help. He says, no, don't help me get off the cross. Will you help me to be with you once I die? Will you help me once I die? Whatever your number was, if it was a, if you're at a 12, if your number was like a, a 48, if your number was a 72, or if it was a 99, uh, that's, that's all of those numbers are there because we've all fallen short of the glory of God. I, I talk about it a lot, but this is one of, one of my big and most important tattoos that I have. I have one that reminds me that I used to be a sinner and now I'm a saint. That I'm a servant and I'm a slave of Christ. The other, on the other side is Romans 3.23 that says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that's the one that hit me in the face like a truck when I thought there was no possible way that God would love me, that God would forgive me for the stuff that I'd done. There was no possible way that he would use me in some incredible way. There was no possible way of any of these things. And then I find out that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's not just me. It's not just people like me. It's all of us, that we're all in the same sinking ship and that we all need him to rescue us. Luke 23 says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answers him, I tell you the truth, today you'll be with me in paradise. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Both criminals are guilty, they're suffering, they're dying, they're both in need of a savior. Both heard the same things from Jesus. They saw the same things as Jesus was enduring them. Um, they, they both heard and saw the same stuff, but one of them was forgiven and one of them wasn't. One of them went to heaven and one of them didn't. It's amazing to me too because some of you are like that. Some of you, maybe you, you only come to church once or twice a year and that's great. I'm glad you're here. Um, I love it. Some of you have, I didn't set foot into a church until I was about 19 years old. Um, some of you, this is very new, um, but it's so weird. Some of you will allow your life, even today, to be radically transformed and changed because of what we're talking about right now. And some of you will get up and walk away unfazed, like that you don't consider it, that you don't let it permeate, and nothing's going to happen. And you're expecting nothing to happen right now, and you're going to get it. Because you're going to get what you expect. And if you're expecting to have God meet you in a place where you didn't think it was possible for him to meet you, he, he can meet you there. Amen. 
you are one of those two criminals. It doesn't matter what number you are on the scale. If you're an 88, Jesus is the other 12. If you're a 49, he's the other 51. It doesn't matter what your number is. You could be a zero because he could be a hundred. You are declared righteous because of the work that he did on the cross for you, not for anything that you've ever done for him. Romans 3 says, therefore, no one will be declared righteous, a.k.a. a good person, in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. Now righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known. This righteousness from God comes from faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. A lot of us come into a church setting like this and we go, I would have to get my stuff all cleaned up before I was able to... Let me tell you what, this is the dirt factory. Like, I don't know where you're going to go and do this cleaning up. Uh, let us know. Um, but the rest of us in here, we are messed up from the chest up and we're working on it. Thanks. Our sins are forgiven when we give ourselves over to Christ and the work that he did on the cross for us. It's just, it's just saying yes. It's just saying I accept. It's just saying I receive that. It's just saying okay. It's like there, there's not, it's, it's just, and you're trying to go, yeah, but what do I have to, I would have to, what am I supposed to, do I have to stop cussing? Uh, I cuss way too much. I know. I know. And I'm not saying it's like, it's good. I'm just saying it didn't magically disappear. Our sins can be forgiven, though, even cussing. If we give it over to Jesus, you are not a 22, you are not a 56, you are a 100 because Jesus fills in the other numbers. First Peter, we'll close up with this. It says, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy. He's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. Today you will be with me in paradise. I want to ask you again as we close up, what is your number? What's your number that you had? Are you, are you above 50 and you're betting hard? And you're betting hard that that's all you got to do? If you're in that spot. If you're a 56, Jesus has your 44 that you've been looking for for all your life. If you're 19, he's got your 81. Whatever your number is, he's got the other half, the other piece 
the other thing that will make you whole. Let's pray. God, I'm praying for anyone in this room who likes the idea of your son Jesus that is interested in giving him a chance. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you would, God, that you would make it real for them right now, that you would slow down, uh, you'd slow down time for them. You would slow down the experience for them and that they would know that you are doing something. Anyone who believes that maybe Jesus has a better way of doing things than the way I've been doing them. And I'll, I'll tell you on the side, he, he has a better way. And so if you would like to give your life over to him, if you would like to surrender yourself to him, I'll give you a money-back guarantee. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's just worth it. I, there's never anybody who comes back and says, that, that, was, <laughs> that was terrible. And it's not that weird. And if you've never been in this place before, I'm going to walk you through it. If you want to give your life to Jesus, uh, just pray along with me and just repeat after me and you can repeat out loud if you want you can repeat just in your head he could hear you either way and so we say thank you lord jesus for the work that you did on the cross we thank you that those criminals who were next to you on either side that represent us that they have the opportunity to be forgiven for much and it reminds us that we can be forgiven of anything that we have and it doesn't mean we have to go forward and be all cleaned up. That you're going to forgive us now and you're going to forgive us tomorrow and you're going to forgive us next week and you're going to keep forgiving us if we give ourselves over. And so we surrender ourselves. We apologize. We apologize for the things we've done wrong. The ways we've hurt people or we've hurt you or we've hurt ourselves. And we surrender ourselves to you. We thank you for dying on a cross for us. And we receive your forgiveness. Thank you for making us a hundred. And I pray that you would bless us this Easter, that you would reveal yourself to us, that anyone who... Um, if anybody has prayed that prayer for the first time, if you want to just keep your, you guys can all just keep your eyes closed, but if you prayed that for the first time, if you want to raise your hand, um, we can just say a blessing over you real quick. God bless you. I would like to say welcome to the kingdom of God. God bless you. Welcome to the kingdom. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you back there. I see you. God bless you. Welcome to the kingdom. You are my sister in Christ now. I am your brother. Um, I hope you like me. You can't get rid of me at this point. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Um, 
I'm, uh, welcome to the kingdom, brother in Christ. God bless you. God bless you back there. God bless you. I'm your brother, you're mine. God bless you. Lord, I thank you for the work that you did today and the work that you're doing uh, uh, from this day forward. God, we say, come Holy Spirit. Thank you for the work you did on the cross. Thank you that the tomb is empty and that the things that are in your kingdom, things that, that die, man, they don't stay dead. And so anybody in this room that has something dead in them, something dead around them, something dead uh, that, that they feel like can't be resurrected, they need to remember that uh, the spirit that lives in them is the same spirit that raised you from the dead. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. Thank you for coming. You guys have a good week. Happy Easter. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.